You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. The Neverland Podcast, episode 103. Welcome to Neverland. Take a start of the right and stay until morning. Hi there! We are less than a month away from The Force Awakens. Just to get that out there, just to get you thinking about it, less than a month away. I am, of course, your host, the Spider Pan Jeremy, here at the Neverland Podcast. And, of course, i got to remind you to take your pixie out of your pocket and sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. Get your happiest thoughts so we can go to Neverland. Uh, I'm not going to do a whole lot of talking here. You can probably hear. I don't quite sound like myself, and I'm lucky I even have my voice at the moment. I have had a really bad sinus infection here in the last four weeks, and it's... I think it's working its way out of my system. Um, also, my wife uh, is not co-hosting with me today. She had a knee surgery on Thursday. It went well, uh, but she's currently recovering. Uh, got an ice thing around her knee, but she's doing well. So send a little pixie dust our way if you would. Uh, and also, I would like to let you know about a new project I've been working on, and I may have mentioned this before. I've been working with Tim Nidell from Saturday Morning Rewind to develop a new podcast called The Mighty Marvel Tooncast, and it is not up and running yet. Uh, I'm still building the website, and we're working kind of a zero episode, Uh, but this is going to be a fun show, and I wanted to tell you all a little bit about it before I get really rolling with some of our content today, because I think you'd be interested in hearing it. Uh, So I want to play our intro file, or our intro music of how every episode is going to start, just to uh, pique your interest a little bit. Here we go. Live from the Danger Room, hidden deep under a Westchester mansion, it's the Mighty Marvel Tooncast with Tim Nidell and Jeremy Shields. Two of you. The odds are getting better and better. Spiders, danger. We always kiss the bridesmaids, too. This ain't Cajun country, hun. Zip those lips. Kumbaya! He's alive. And in a lousy mood. I can't believe it. Get away while you can! Join them as they review classic Marvel animation. And now, here's Tim and Jeremy, Excelsior. So that's basically the idea. We thought it would be fun to talk about some of those old classic Spider-Man and X-Men animated series from the 90s. And of course, our Zero episode is going to actually talk about Pride of the X-Men, which was sort of a pilot episode for an X-Men series that just did not come to fruition. And we talk about that, and uh, we've already recorded most of it, but uh, I'm fine-tuning and tweaking, and he's doing some sound editing, and we're preparing this, and we're going to debut this uh, right here on the Neverland feed. Also, he's going to share it on his feed for the Saturday Morning Rewind. And if it goes over well, and if y'all like it, we will be going with our our own feed for it. Uh, But that's something we've been working on, been working on for quite a while, and I wanted to tell you all about it. But from here on, really, I'm not going to talk much. Uh, I'm just going to share with you some of the great stuff we have. Uh, Eric, of course, has recorded some more great audio. Um, Now, of course, with the season of The Force going on, uh, Eric was there when they were getting going, so he did record from that. Uh, He recorded The Path of the Jedi. Also, I have a recording of him writing Star Tours that I'm going to share with you, uh, mainly because there's been some new additions to the Star Tours, and I've gotten to see the footage, but since I don't really own any of the footage and it belongs to other websites, I didn't really want to grab theirs. Uh, But if you go and search through over at Inside the Magic, he posted a video of the uh, new Force Awakens scenes added in to Star Tours. Uh, It's really cool and really great stuff. I I like it, uh, but I didn't feel it was right for me to grab his audio and share it here on this show. So I'm just going to share Eric going on Star Tours. Um, 
So, of course, you know, you'll hear Path of the Jedi with Eric, and then Eric will take you on Star Tours. And then, of course, I have the second part of our panel uh, discussing the differences between uh, a geek and a fan that I thought was interesting. And I hope you all have been enjoying it. And uh, so here will be part two. But uh, I'm done talking because uh, you can hear my voice just getting scratchier the more I try to open my mouth. So I'm just going to get right to it. Have fun. Enjoy. Have a great week. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And uh, I'll see you here at the end of the show to uh, basically say goodbye. <laughs> Welcome to the Path of the Jedi. During today's presentation, please no eating, drinking, photography, free recording, and absolutely no disintegration. If you must leave for any reason, please follow the Path of the Jedi through the exit doors on your right. Thank you. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the Old Republic. Before the dark times. The Force is what gives the Jedi its power. It's an energy field created by all living things. Surrounds us, penetrates us, it binds the galaxy together.
from a Jedi. Join me, and I will complete your training. We've only begun to discover your power.
1401, you are cleared for departure. Initiate takeoff sequence. What? Auto takeoff sequence initiated. Auto detail, what's going on here? We are not ready for takeoff. The captain isn't on board yet. You know I can't fly this thing. No, neither can you. We need a proper pilot. Attention, all transport holds for security clearance. The stormtroopers will be deactivated for sure. Hold it right there, Captain. No, I'm not actually the captain. We're looking for this rebel spy. Have you seen him? No one on this transport could possibly be a spy. Dear. This is the speeder we're looking for. Blast him.
You've heard on the Neverland podcast before. He is one of our lost boys. And hi ho, hi ho. <laughs> and also for anyone who uh, has now been wondering what in the world this Weeby Geeks thing, we've heard ads on the Neverland podcast, and we had this bumper, the Weeby Geeks Network. Well, here's the guy who runs that network and also has a couple of shows, Weeby Geeks and the Mighty Marble Geeks. It's Mr. Mike Emke. I have a really bad feeling about this. And uh, next thing I have list as a potential geek qualifier is that we will choose our clothes based on, on a character type or something like that on them. We're and we're not generally going to be fashionable. We don't typically go through and uh, we're, we're not coordinating our, our wardrobe. You know, we're, we're just, you know, we're not wearing the shirt because, oh, this is popular and this is fashionable. We're like, oh, I got to have this shirt because it's got Deadpool all over it. And I love what it says. And it's really funny. I got to I got to wear this. And uh, I, I have a note on here that uh, I think it, there's a little bit of difference because of, of the girl mentality. And now that we have girl geeks that are just coming out of the woodworks, it's fantastic. But now you have like her universe. And I think they're awesome. They make such cool stuff for girls that I really wish they designed stuff for men, too, because I'd wear some of their stuff. But I would not look good in a dress. <laughs> but I love their stuff. I'm like, this is the type of thing. This is, you know, this is, the, I think, the perfect blend where girls who are a little bit more concerned about appearance. That's just, you know, that's the way girls are. And we love them for it you know they they want to look good they just, you know and we love them we, we love looking at them when they look good and to have that geek level on the hoover universe i because I, I look at stuff there and my wife unfortunately is like six foot and so she's looked at some stuff on hoover universe that she liked but she's afraid that if she wore it she it wouldn't cover her so i could so her universe can make stuff for tall women too please just make sure that you have a size thing you know because ordering online is scary you know if you have it in the store you can try it on and it's like oh yes well, good this fits well, they, okay. have, they have a size chart that you can check out, and, and I know their Did they customer. Have something. This is for six foot tall. Check with customer service. I mean, their customer service and you know, experiences I've I've had with them ordering for for my daughter, they've been top notch. Awesome. And by the way, her universe is not a sponsor of the Neverland podcast, but maybe they should be. Uh, <laughs> her universe is an is an affiliate of Weeby Geeks. And you can find a, an affiliation link on the Weeby Geeks website. Uh, yes, or if you wait for me to go and check out one, you can get an affiliate link from Neverland. Because <laughs> I will look into that because I, I really love their stuff. Anytime I've looked on there, it's like, oh, man, I wish I could wear this and not look stupid. <laughs> but uh, also with part of fashion, we don't we don't wear anything to label to say you are a geek. We just kind of are. We're not putting any effort into being a geek. we just kind of being who we are. Uh, and this kind of comes from uh, I had a day like, – I guess a couple of weeks ago where uh, like, even a girl that just had to have a, a T-shirt that just said in one in letters geek. And then that same day I, I had recorded off a of DVR the uh, show Geeks Who Drink uh, with Zachary Levi hosting. And one of the celebrities, because they, what they do is they get a couple celebrities and one is on each team. And one of the celebrities pops open his button-up shirt to a T-shirt that says geek. I'm like, yeah, just because you're wearing it, that doesn't mean you are. Yeah. 
It's just and, like the, uh, th- that's it, part part of what prompted actually this uh, this panel is by watching that because I mean I, the the times that I've watched that show they'll ask something that I think is simple like basically you know they'll they'll show a photo from the iRobot film and then ask well what author you know wrote the book that this is based off of and nobody knew it and to to a, a geek that's simple we know Isaac Asimov and we know the three laws of robotics right well it, it's like those those girls or ladies at Conventions who are cosplaying. Oh, why are they wearing it? (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. I'll wait till we get there. Yeah, it's coming because that's something I want to talk about. But yeah, yeah, well, I guess we'll save that. (laughs) Well, I've already ranted over on my show about cosplay. So. Well, we'll just have to launch it when we get down there because it's coming. (laughs) So, Eric, you have anything to throw in there for uh, geek fashion? You know, I, I, I have to say, you know, I've always worn my geek proudly from, uh, you know, high school when I had my, you know, my, well, I, I've always been a Disney geek. And so Woo-hoo. all of my shirts were, you know, like the genie or the beast or, you know, whatever the current thing was with Disney at the time. And, you know, in, in my closet right now, I've got a shirt with nine different faces of the genie on it. I've got my, uh, uh, awesome mix volume one shirt from, you know, celebrating how much I loved Guardians of the Galaxy. I've got, you know, it, it's it's not my everyday wear, but it's the stuff that uh, when I'm out in public, if I'm going to Disneyland for the day, I'm, I'm wearing something geekish. Uh, yep. That's that's just the way it is. But you probably don't have a shirt that says geek. It just, hey, look I at don't. what I love. <laughs> I well, don't. I, I wear what I love. Exactly. That's, I think, the, the difference. See, for, for me, I was wearing hockey jerseys before it became fashionable to wear <laughs> hockey jerseys. I'm right Thanks there with Kevin, Kevin Smith, right? <laughs> oh, see, Kevin Smith and I are the same age because <laughs> he turns 45. He's just turned 45 this year as well. So the other day, I, believe. I believe so. And so, I mean, clerks didn't come out until what, 94? Something like that. Let's see. I didn't know him. I mean, even though I lived in upstate New York, he was in Jersey. I was already wearing jerseys before I even knew Kevin Smith existed. So, and before, you know, he, you know, was, was seen constantly wearing a hockey jersey. So, I mean, with that aspect, people are catching up to us with the jerseys. <laughs> yeah. But unless I, unless thing, you were a hockey fan. And then, yeah. But I, I I had quite a few that I wore on a semi regular basis. Definitely, though, with a sports jersey type of thing, uh, you'll know there was never a point in history, I think, where somebody would look at somebody in a hockey jersey and say, that's for kids. What are you doing wearing it? But sometimes geek clothing, when we have our cartoon characters on our shirts and everything, there would have been a point in history where people would have looked at you like, grow up. I, I think that, I think, well, even in the 70s, I mean, you, you saw. All the Star Wars shirts, and yeah. a lot of it was geared towards us kids. Yeah. Um, again, I'm old enough to say, <laughs> I remember seeing it in the theaters. And actually, my <laughs> first experience with Star Wars was a double feature at a drive-in movie theater. It was Star Wars followed by Star Wars. Awesome. So, I mean, but back then, it was, you know, as kids, we wore it because, hey, this is a cool thing. Yep, but you didn't. But if you kept wearing it after the the culture had kind of slowed down on Star Wars, if you were still wearing your Star Wars shirts, that makes you geek. Um, I don't think I don't think it really was because I mean that, that would have been like eighty three, eighty four. High school was totally you know a little different, but it was no different than wearing like the hard rock t shirts or wearing mm-hmm. motorcycle t shirts or your or your favorite band. I mean, it, it, it's just the the subject matter changed, but the yeah how yeah. you dressed and, and what you geeked. Was 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 still the same. Yeah, so you you would be still with your Star Wars. You're still going to read the, like that dry spell we had between the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, where the pop culture had kind of like you know put Star Wars on a back burner. For the geek culture, it was still our thing. Oh, yeah. We were still yeah. watching it religiously. Yeah. And if we saw a shirt with Yoda on it anywhere, we were buying it. <laughs> right. Okay, uh, time to move on. I have a, a list here of what I call not qualifiers. Things that I think that both geeks and fans and anybody in general enjoy. So it's not really a geek thing. And one of them, the top of the list, video games. Because there's a general interest by the populace. Everybody, except for if they're, you know, you know, they 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 were too old even for Atari. We all enjoy video games. Now there's certain levels of interest. There's people who are just pure gamer, and the, every game that comes out, they've got to just get it, and they have the money to spend on it. All the power to them. But everybody loves video games, so this doesn't qualify you as a geek. They send, they kind of try to like to treat it that way. But I'm like, but no, you could be just a huge fan of it and then still enjoy video games, or you could be one of those people who are just in general and you still have fun playing video games. I think it just 
maybe is a difference of the type of games you play because you could be the person who's just a geek fan out of sports games because there's people who just love every sports game they got to get their new one every year and then there's people who like every movie tie-in game even though they don't always go very well you've got to buy them all you know there's there's so many different type of things in games and everybody just plays what they like everybody likes video games in some extent what do you guys think i, I agree i agree yeah. everybody i loves agree it. as well yeah uh, and you it doesn't even have to be console i mean just look at how many games there are on our tablets and phones right Games are universal, so that doesn't make you a geek. Now, sci-fi fans... Although, I, 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 would, I was just going to say, just don't send me any uh, Candy Crush uh, requests. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. then I better cancel the 25 I just sent you. Whoops. Okay. <laughs> sci-fi, fantasy, comic book movies. They are currently popular now, so as I, I put in the notes, see above. They're, you know, they're, because the movies are popular and everything right now, if you're, if you're enjoying going to the movies, that doesn't really make you a geek. That makes you as someone who's enjoying a movie. And great. I, we're glad you enjoy geek culture movies because you keep going and spending your money on it. That means they make more and that makes us happy. And if you're enjoying it, it makes you happy. So fans and geeks, we're high fiving on this that, one, but that doesn't make you a geek. That's the just prime, that's the primary weapon and pro- primary propaganda of the geek revolution. Yeah. It's the pulp culture loving these movies. Yes. Oh, yep. Exactly. Oh, you my love- wife. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was just okay. I was just going to say, my wife is the type of person who she uh, she only would walk into a movie with me because she was married to me, and I said <laughs> we're going. Um, it wasn't until she saw the preview for Guardians of the Galaxy at Disneyland, 3D, huge screen, that she actually showed any interest in wanting to watch any of these comic book movies with me. Yeah, that's kind of how it is with my wife. I kind of sometimes drag her into a movie that she's like, well, okay. But then she ends up really enjoying it. And two examples. One, Guardians of the Galaxy, she had no interest in seeing that. And Ant-Man. Both of those movies she ended up really enjoying because they were just really good movies. And she has a geek side. She's more nerd than geek because she's she's a biology teacher and she could tell you the most ridiculous things about some animal, you know, that you're like, what is this? You know? So she's more nerdy on the end of geeks. But she's got that inner love of manga and Star Wars and Indiana Jones that I can manage to drag her along and just that she doesn't think she's going to like, but it'll appeal to that geek side of her, and she'll still enjoy it. Yeah, uh, I lately the the geek quote unquote movies um, aren't really a qualifier anymore because they are becoming no. pop culture. Right. Because we have almost deemed it so. I mean, same way with TV. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> But then you have, you know, what other people think are geek movies that aren't, my opinion, Twilight. <laughs> Sorry, the Hunger only... Hunger Games? Um, now, I, I, I did I did listen to the audiobooks on that, and I will call it it's, it's some legitimate sci-fi, but I didn't find it to be that appealing. Uh, I think it's definitely, it's, it's a teen romance novel set in a sci-fi environment, but using a lot of things that we've seen before in sci-fi. Right, and it's got some legitimate sci-fi themes going on. And I, in my, in my perspective, the way I've understand it, when you go through all the books, it seems like it's one of those. Uh, oh, I forgot the word I was looking for, but it's it's kind of self fulfills itself, you know, where right. one group is in power, and it's, oh, how terrible you're inflicting these Hunger Games. We're gonna have a war. Yay, we won. Now we're gonna inflict Hunger Games on the other side, and then however many hundred years later, we're going to rebel against you because you've been terrible tyrants to us, and you've inflicted Hunger Games on us. So we're going to have a war and we free ourselves from you. And I think this has probably been going on over and over again so much to where, like in the books, it seems there's a vague idea that there was this war that we lost and that's why this happened. But I, we, who knows how many times the cycle has played itself out. So that, right. that to me, I see some legitimate sci-fi themes going on in there, but it's mainly a teen romance. And so that's not geek to me. It's sort of the same way with the uh, – was it the Insurgent series? Yeah. As well. I mean, but, I mean, I just lost where, where I was going. <laughs> That's definitely, I think, uh, there's definitely got a fandom to it. And there's, you know, but I there, think it's got a, f- a target audience that necessarily is not geek. It's just. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Because you're going to find mean, girls that love these and guys are going to be like, well, okay. And see, to me, you know, I, I had the debate once over on Weeby Geeks. You know, the, the question was, you know, geek culture. Okay. Geek culture is still pop culture as well. But I, I was, I had 
had my geek card thrown in question because I didn't watch How I Met Your Mother. What? How is How I Met Your Mother a geek show? One, that was my thought, but it's a yeah. pop culture show. Yeah, well, that's there's a difference between pop culture and geek um, culture. Sometimes I, we meet, sometimes we don't. It's just like Big Bang Theory is more pop culture than it is geek culture. It's just, but it has the, some, it has enough geek culture to where we still like it. But you know, the majority of the geek world is against it. Yeah, because in a way, it makes fun of us. When I first saw it, I didn't like it because I felt it was making fun of it. But then I kind of got in and realized they, at the time that they're kind of making a little bit of goof on it, they're also really having fun with stuff that they, and, and talking about stuff that I like. Yeah, I have that kind of conversation where we're, we'll talk about uh, uh, who would win in a fight between Superman and something ridiculous thing, you know. So right. the conversations they have, I'm like, yeah, see, there's the geek appeal because they have conversations that I would have and it's it makes it fun because it, it, it in the same way that they the big bang theory kind of makes fun of geek culture it also lifts it up to make it see sure. this is actually really cool so it, uh, to where it also makes the people who are not part of geek culture when they don't understand something the geeks just said it also makes them look a little foolish but then also, of course when that uh, i forgot her name kelly cuoco's character can you believe i forgot her name Penny. 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 When Penny comes out and says something geek, and they're proud of her. It's like, good job. I was like, to me, that's that's a bit uplifting as well. Yeah. It walk, that show walks a very fine line because it's just trying to be funny. For the most part, yeah. Yeah. And then you have Chuck, who, which Chuck was the other, like, I remember when Big Bang Theory, Chuck came out and it was a new big thing because the networks were trying to embrace a geek culture. Now, the fun thing about Chuck is your character who was supposed to be the nerdy guy, he doesn't really look like a nerd or anything of what you typically expect, but yet you have the technology thing in there uh, and you know that little bit of inept and everything but being actually really smarter than you would see him and the loving of comics and stuff like that it was all there in the character and the show itself threw so many subtle salutes to the geek crowd that the pop culture might not have caught it but the geek people were going hey that's a little shout out to this that's awesome yeah but I think I think the the first show that really helped the geek culture and helped bridge the gap was Freaks and Geeks. And I, I completely missed that show. I, I, I really wish I'd have watched it, but I, I just think I was watching something else that was on the time slot. I missed it. I really probably should see it. <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> but, it's on Netflix. Oh, it is? Yes. Okay, I'll put that on my list as soon as I'm done watching Heroes, because I I, uh, I couldn't get into Heroes the first time it was on TV. I'm trying to get into it now because, I, you know, Zach Levi, I like that guy. And after Chuck, you know, so. Plus, he's yeah. Flynn Ryder. Come on, you know. You, so, just, he's going to be. Hmm? You just got to remember, season three was the year of the writer strike. So, they crammed, yeah. 20, they crammed right. 24 episodes into, 24, 26 episodes into 13. <laughs> yeah. But. Well, I'm still having a hard time really getting into this series. They're trying to watch on Netflix. I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle, I think, of the second episode. The only character I really like is Hero. He's awesome. Yeah. I love that guy. The rest of the characters are like, blah, blah, blah. this is drama, drama, drama. But it's such a ripoff of the X-Men. It bothers me. Um, no, totally, totally different direction. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll maybe I'll get to a point where I'll, I'll see it being different. But especially with how the X-Men films presented the mutation as being evolution and stuff. The very first lines coming out on that TV show was like, oh, yes, we've evolved into now we're going to have these people who are being popping up in powers because that should be the next phase of evolution. I'm like, this sounds like the first three minutes of the X-Men film. And with the new Heroes Reborn, although I, I do plan to watch it because I, you know, I love Zach Levi. I think he's awesome. But the, the premise is that everybody now fears and hates the Evos, as they're calling them, because they all these people, because they have powers and they hate and fear what they don't understand. Sounds a lot like mutants. Yeah, but I, I I never caught the the X Men attempt. Yeah, the not attempt. Uh, the X Men want to want to be approach with it. I'm gonna keep watching. We'll see if, I'm, if my mind changes. But so far, that's what it feels like. Especially because you got the uh, the Indian who's the professor. Because I feel like he's gonna be the one who puts a team together to save the world. But we'll see. You know, I'm I, like I said, I'm only halfway through the second episode. Okay. So we'll see. But so far, it, it just feels like it, it borrows heavily from X Men. So oh. Uh, one last thing I had uh, on the non-qualifiers for fashion is uh, basically trying to stand out. Uh, and you might do like, a, let's say, a weird hair color where you purposely do something and like, look, because I am being geek and I'm being different. Like, no, well, that's what they call peacocking because you're trying to stand out. But that doesn't make you a geek. That's just somebody who's peacocking. You're trying to look at me, look at me. Yeah. Yeah, it's just trying to draw attention. Yeah, which geeks, we're not looking to draw attention to ourselves. We're just being ourselves. Exactly. What do you think, Eric? Eric hasn't gotten to say anything in yep. about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I, I just think back to uh, the first Batman movie coming out, and people were wearing, everyone was wearing Batman stuff. They were getting the bat symbol shaved into their hair. Um, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing the bat symbol anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was something that, it was pop culture, and it was the thing. Six months later, it was gone. It was on to the next thing. Except for us geeks, we were still going crazy. <laughs> so there, there was a real impermanence. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. For us geeks, yeah. It, it was there, but for pop culture, it was there for a few months, and then we moved on to whatever was next. Sure. Yep. Okay, now I just have a few kind of light things that I just want to bring up. That I, These are terms I think a like a geek culture would understand. The unicorn. Now, this, of course, you know, unicorns is like that rare and beautiful thing that just, boy, I just wish I could find one. And this would be, you know, girls who like Star Wars at the time that uh, it was not part of the pop culture. And they used to be pretty rare. But now I have, you know, I'll wear a Star Wars shirt and a girl will compliment me. Okay, look, uh, the Millennium Falcon's on your shirt. Yay, you know. It's amazing. They're, they're now we have them out there because, and it's probably because it's become part of pop culture. With some of these girls, will it last and they'll continue their fandom? And then pop culture has kind of you know left the Star Wars behind. Who knows? But we used to never find a girl who likes Star Wars. True. Uh, I mean, heck, even uh, this, this is a fun, well, cute story. Well, real quick, go ahead though. May, maybe for me, I, I, I could disagree, but then again, I came from you know I've been in the entertainment business twenty nine years, so going going to school for for theater and stuff like that. Um, um, that's my crowd, though. <laughs> I mean, theater geeks, movie geeks. I mean, it. It's. I guess for me, it wasn't that hard to and that shocking to to see someone who actually watched. Yeah, it was difficult in most areas. It's it's kind of like well, even the next step I have. But well, before I move on to the next one, though, with Eric, what do you think? Was that was that kind of a challenge? Of, did you have girls that say, "What you're still into Star Wars"? Or they or meeting most of the girls it seems I'd run into and they wouldn't well, even you, have seen it. Mm-hmm. Well, when you mentioned the unicorn, the only thing that popped into my mind was that old Iron Man villain. But uh, <laughs> but as, as as far as girls who showed any interest, um, I, I can't say I ran into that many people. But the the flip side of that is I'm very much an introvert, and unless I'm you know flying that geek flag proudly, um, nobody would have known that that was something that I was interested in. Mm. And so the opportunity for conversation isn't something that would have normally come up. Yeah, well, I'm an extrovert, and that conversation did come up. You know, talking to people in class, like uh, I remember the, the I guess it was an English class, and we were going to watch Star Wars, and then. English class and study is a piece of literature and like the girl behind me uh, just like oh cool you know I've never actually seen this before and everybody says it's good I guess I should watch it and I my job I hit the floor I was like really but then I found out that this is a bit more common and even my now wife before we started dating uh, like a friend of mine when he had first met uh, met Heather and her friend Jamie and everything uh, when when Heather had mentioned something that, of liking Star Wars and everything Ken just went like whoa whoa look a girl who likes Star Wars because he you know he collected all these figures and all this stuff so Ken was just really excited by that concept because it's it, it was kind of a rare thing in, in most of the world. You'd find girls who either were like, oh, well, that was okay or had just never seen it. And now they're everywhere. It's awesome. So, all right. But the next phase, I have girls who like video games. That was another unicorn back in the day because – and even if you, when you'd read gaming magazines, they had articles on how to get your girlfriend to play a video game with you. And there's yeah. still been some – because my wife grew up still part of that generation. I still – I'll go and I'll buy Buy a game specifically because I'm like, hey, you would play this with me. Oh, look, a Lego game. Come play it with me. Or like Worms. You guys remember Worms? Yeah. She loves that. So I I, I, I will spend money on them buying mm-hmm. those games because she will play them with me. Now that has changed. Now you've got Felicia Day out there. Girl gaming everywhere. I was like, oh, this is fantastic. This used to be so rare. And now the culture, you know, because pop culture and geek culture are kind of mixed and video games are kind of universal now, girls will like video games. And Candy Crush, as annoying as it is, is a great gateway drug, you know? <laughs> it gets people into playing video games. And in, 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 in uh, World of Warcraft, EverQuest, stuff like that, we get girls who are coming in who, who are growing up now and they're playing these things. They're like, geek boys don't know how good they have it. <laughs> 
<laughs> and generally, though, the unicorn back in the day was girls who just like what we like. If you find a girl and she's into comic books or something like that, oh my gosh, she's a keeper. But nowadays, you find more of them. So that's that's one thing that I think they've got big a little wrong in Big Bang Theory is they, they have the like, oh my gosh, there's a girl in the comic shop? That never happens. I go into comic shops like Free Comic Book Day. There are just as many girls there as there are guys. Yeah, yeah. I love it. And uh, the weird thing that was my wife is we don't read the same thing because she loves manga. She's a huge Inuyasha fan. She'll watch, she's, I don't know how many times she's watched both series, both the uh, original series that, that kind of cut off because it ran past the, uh, the manga. And then when they came back and later and finished the storyline from the manga, she'll just sit and just keep watching it over and over. And I said, you know, if you love this, I bet you there's some other stuff you might love too. Won't you look around? She's like, but I've watched everything that's on Netflix and Hulu already because she just loves anime and manga. So I'm kind of glad for it. I can't quite get into it myself, but I'm glad for it. So, you know, did you guys run into any of those type of things with like the unicorn when you were growing up of like finding the girl that's the video game lover and stuff like that? Um, no, it was more finding the person who, who accepted me for who I was more than anything. And, and knowing f- up front that, you know, I, yeah, I'm, I might be a sports fan. I'm also a geek, but this is me. And if, and if I has, you know, as long as, no, if that person, I was willing to make some sacrifices to go see some stuff that I wasn't interested in if they were willing to do the same. That was more important. Yeah, and I did plenty of that. I've, uh, uh, side star. We'll let Eric go and, uh, and have, share his thoughts too. But that kind of just reminds me, like uh, with my wife, you know, being that she's into biology and out, and she loves going out in nature. Uh, that's one of the things we would, did. I would, uh, she'd have to listen to me on end as I was getting excited for the upcoming Spider-Man movie, and then I would also go on nature walks with her, and she would show me the different trees and tell me what type of tree that was. And she's the one that actually discovered that I seem to have this natural tendency that I I love birds, and so I'd hear a bird song, and I'd want to want her to stop and say, "Tell me what kind of bird is this? Let's see." if we can find the bird and we'll stop and looking for a bird. So, cause we, we find that nice little meeting in the middle of where we kind of merge and eventually you, you get married long enough and you start becoming almost the same person. Yep. <laughs> so yes, I definitely agree with you on that. That definitely happens. So Eric, what do you think on that? You know, um, again, it all has to come down to, you know, what a person's interests and what they are interested really in looking at and participating in. Um, the, uh, the day that I bought my PlayStation two, Uh, I was speaking with one of the women that I work with, and she just could not fathom why anyone would want such a thing. It it made absolutely no sense. And after I was married and I would play Kingdom Hearts or Final Fantasy X, you know, my wife would sit there and, you know, she'd let me know when she was impatient with, uh, you know, how much time I was spending with the games. And then we discovered Guitar Hero, and it flipped 100%. It was my wife now who was interested in playing, and, you know, it, it, it was just finding what she liked and what yep. she enjoyed uh, as gaming goes. And, you know, she she's the one now that, uh, you know, she's got all of these games that uh, she plays on her iPad. My daughter's playing Angry Birds 2 right now. Um, it, it's finding the right niche yeah. uh, and finding the right type of game that they would enjoy. You know, for, yeah. for my wife, it, it's not fun for her to sit and watch me play Uncharted. But uh, for her, you know, we'll go back to the the Candy Crush example, you know, that's something that she finds a lot of enjoyment in and, and finds challenging. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, she hasn't sat down on it yet because she hasn't had time, but my wife has seen me play in Skyrim, and there's that big chunk of her that says, ooh, this looks cool. I think I want to play it. And I'm like, well, come on, here. Uh, but she hasn't gotten around to it yet because I tell you what, Skyrim will take over your life. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's that it's that same, that the love for Skyrim, I think, came from, she used to love to play World of Warcraft. And it's that same style of thing, only it's a little harder to control. She's not very good with uh, like a first-person perspective, that type of thing. And using the analog sticks is a little weird for her. But I think if she gave it enough time, she'd get used to it. So I'm just finding that gateway game, and I'm hoping Skyrim might be it, where we get her in there to play some of the more rougher things. So, okay, the next thing, though, that I have on my list, hipsters. What the heck are they? Are they a modern beatnik, or are they just trend followers? And, you know, they're always trying to be whatever's hip. But it seems like there's like this sub thing of hipsters that are – I don't think they're really geeks, but they really – it's like they really want to be geeks, but they try too hard to try to make geeks of themselves. Uh, I see hipsters more of – they're the bandwagoneers. Mm-hmm. They're, they're jumping on the bandwagon, but they're also the first ones to, to make fun of the geeks as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess we summed it up right there. I think you did it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I feel very much the same way. Um, you know, they're they're the ones who, yeah, and they they are the first to you know point out, oh yeah, that was what I was doing two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think we've got them summed up. So yeah, so if we love fans, we love geeks, hipsters, not so much. <laughs> no. Now I'm going hit, to get hipster hate mail. <laughs> Okay, and here's where I want to you know bring up just another topic: cosplay. Now I think <laughs> cosplay there's there's a difference between wearing a costume of a favorite character or girls who are actually just trying to be nearly naked in public. Because I see, because girls and guys both sometimes they put so much effort in a costume and they're just great, and you just you want oh can I get a picture because you look just like that character or what a great mashup and they do brilliant <laughs> stuff. And then you have the ones that I think kind of put them to shame because they just oh look I'm nearly naked aren't I awesome and it's like you know what all these other girls they put all this effort in and you're kind of belittling them by going through and it's like because you just want to be as naked as you could possibly be in public you might as well just be running around in your typical Halloween costume where you're pretty much naked in public for me where I started questioning is when I saw a 62 year old woman I'm guessing dressed as Emma Frost (laughs) was it an authentic costume at least (laughs) with, with the corset top with the cape with the thigh high boots i'm like i'm sitting here going why why (laughs) in that case i'd say she probably loves the character i'm glad she likes the character (laughs) but if she truly loves the character great but you get others out there who you know oh i saw this i'm going to a comic convention i saw this character on picture somewhere i could dress up like this and And when you point it out to him hey uh who then why are you dressed up if you don't know why are you dressed up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Luckily, most of I think who I've run into, like at Planet Comic Con, the, the people in cosplay, there was a love for the character they were dressing as. And I, that's the ones I love to see because that I mean, that is the, the true geekdom, I think, who are, you know, not just wearing a costume. They're wearing something that means something to them. And they'll put put all kinds of money, time and effort into making that costume. And they're so proud of it. And it just makes you feel good when you see them, you know, just like, look at yes, my costume. Oh, you want to get a picture for your website? And they're happy to pose in character for you those they just warm my heart i love them yeah i wish i was that talented to make myself a costume because i'd love to do it myself but i i just don't have the sewing ability and i'd have to have somebody teach me uh, it, there, i think there's a, a difference though um you know, as we've said you know between those who um they're they're dressing up just for the sake of dressing up yeah and and not and oh this is a cool thing to do i remember you know i've the times I've I've played a video game, I saw this character and it was really cool, and I thought this being to those who who really know the character, know the depth of a specific character, and, and that, that's a different. But then, then again, there's also my my thing about cosplay is if I'm going to a convention and there's media guests, okay, cool, the voice actors, the television and film stars, great, they deserve to be brought in as media guests. Cosplayers there to sell pictures now. Go to Artist Alley. Sell it there. I, I I I don't think they belong in in the same realm as your voice as your voice talent as your your uh, large screen small screen talent. If if your only media or your only exposure of becoming well known is now the internet or or conventions itself. Now that's how you got your celebrity. Okay, fine. Then why aren't more of the other cosplayers getting the same thing? Why is it the same select few? Yeah, that is that is an interesting question. Because yeah, it's, uh, I don't know if some people I. Think I think they have more money that they put into it and they manage to make a career out of cosplay, which I mean, I'm fine with that if they if they manage to do it. But uh, I know there was like a big hoo-ha uh, and I, I want to say it was a Planet Comic Con, but it was there was a reality show that used to follow some some professional, quote unquote, cosplayers. They would go and travel to different conventions just to go into competition. And because they had more money that they were putting into their costumes, their costumes would just be of a better quality than the average person who just really loves that character. And yeah. uh, there was a there was a bit of a uh, I, I don't think it turned completely violent, but there was a bit of a there was some tension when uh, this film crew, the reality show, showed up at Planet Comic Con, I believe it was a few years ago, and all the people who went to the contest who knew who these people were, it's like no 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 wait a minute you do not belong here this is for us this is for us to compete but with our costumes that we use every nickel and dime that we have to scrape together something that we think is great and you're going and you've got all this money and this reality show money and it's putting into your costume and you're going to show up and steal our prizes and our see, attention see to me one of the biggest hypocrites in this whole thing is yaya han mm. 
but I mean, the, uh, the other the other place I have issue with cosplay is no the the professional cosplayers or or the the internet famous cosplayers who turn to Indiegogo, turn to Kickstarter, turn to GoFundMe. Oh, yes, I work, but my house just flooded from the recent storms, and I need help raising money to get a new PlayStation and to get new books to replace the comics I lost, yada, yada, yada. And if you do all this, I'll send you pictures of me in lingerie instead of in whatever cosplay costume. And like, why? Why do I want to help you get something that I want myself? I would love that's, to get a PlayStation. Why am I going? To, why am I going to send you ten bucks to get something that I want? Yeah, but of course, you know, I'm I'm pure American. You know, if they, if, they, if they can make money that way, all the power to them. But yeah, that's one of the things where you know, although I've kind of similarly tried to do something last year uh, for Friends of the Magic, I was trying to get uh, for my podcast. I wanted to get out there and record stuff, and I was trying to get people to give me some money to actually send me to Friends of the Magic in Disneyland because I couldn't afford it on my own. So in a way, maybe I did something like. Like that, but what I was trying to do is I was going to make DVDs for people and send them out the DVDs of everything I film of Friends of the Magic, so maybe everybody else who couldn't go could experience it through the video. So, well, I mean, but it, I think though that's still different though than what you're talking about, the, where you're yeah, I mean, kind if, of lying, like oh, I'm flooded here. I need to uh, I need to buy a new PlayStation, and it's, I mean, they're, it, they're getting it, a sob story. It, it's one thing if you're if you're coming out and going, look, I've shelled out already. 700 bucks towards this costume. I'm needing another 700 bucks to complete it. Okay, I might contribute to that because you've already yeah. told me you, you've already, look how much you've, you've put into it. And, and it's not me. F- it's not the fans funding everything. But, you know, when someone's going, Oh, I want to do a full size Raincore puppet costume that I'm going to be in. And it's going to be totally mechanical. Uh, no, you figure out how to do it on your own, or, or start chipping in some money. Because if if not, I'm not gonna, I'm not interested. And while as cool as it sounds, I know other people who have scraped and to to put the money together to do it themselves. Yeah, yeah but we need to start wrapping this up. Uh, there is one last topic I want to be able to hit, but what I think I'll do is I'll turn this over to the listeners, and and anybody can send me an email on this. But music, I just my question is with that is you think it's more of a geek thing to that you really focus on you, you movie scores and what in the world is with Rush it seems like there's like the geek rite of passes that you much like Rush so I am curious about that but I, everybody send emails voicemails uh, and tell me what you think about that I'll get some outside opinions on there but uh, we need to wrap this up here so definitely a big thank you to Eric Warren and Mike Emke and of course we know Eric you can find him on Twitter at EWW and Mike Emke you can find WeBeGeeksPC.com you can find everybody of the Weeby Geeks Network, including Mighty Marvel Geeks and the Weeby Geeks. Is there any other shows that you're a part of that I'm forgetting? No, that's pretty much it. And actually, make it a little easier instead of the PC.com, which is what it will redirect you to. Just go to WeebyGeeks.net. A little easier oh, well, to say. Works. A little easier to say. <laughs> It'll still take you to WeebyGeeks.pc.com, but WeebyGeeks.net is a little easier. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at WeebyGeeks or at MarvelGeeks, either or. Awesome. Alrighty, and feel free, anybody, to send in your voicemails, emails, to let us know what you think about anything that we have discussed. All right. That's going to wrap it up. I hope that was a lot of fun for you. You didn't have a whole lot of input from me except for a previous recording. Uh, and hopefully by next week I'm going to sound a lot better and feel a lot better. And uh, we'll maybe have Heather up on her feet and she'll come into the studio with me again next week. Uh, I tell you what, next week we are going to kick off. Uh, we're going all out Star Wars for the next three weeks because we're coming up on The Force Awakens coming out. But of course we'll have some Christmas fun too because I do love Christmas. And so we'll have to have some Christmas content as well as some great Star Wars content. Uh, I'm going to go through and play for you, you know, those vinyl records. And I've played two of them previously, but we're going to revisit them. But the vinyl records that are the story of Star Wars and the story of The Empire Strikes Back. And then I never did get around to playing the story of Return of the Jedi. But these are some great old vinyl recordings around these records. 
And uh, I figured it'd be fun to go back and listen to those, as well as having some other fun content as we're getting excited for The Force Awakens. But uh, that is going to be the end of the show. Remember to keep, of course, a pixie in your pocket. By that, of course, I mean your young at heart and good attitude. And have a wonderful and happy Thanksgiving. Go ahead and eat too much. You are allowed. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Blueberry. We love to hear from you on twitter.com slash neverlandpodcast and facebook.com slash neverlandpodcast. Leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492 and send email to podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Join us next week and we'll once again go to Disney and beyond. The Neverland Podcast is copyright glue band productions and all original content belongs to the same. Other content is copyright of their respective creators and is used under Creative Commons license.